0: Welcome to the Hey Human podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Hey Human podcast, behaviour changing ideas. I'm Neil Davidson and our guest on this episode is James Langen, Managing Director of Nature's Menu Limited. James has been a leader in FMCG companies for over 20 years and it's experience that I'm sure was needed for navigating through the last two years. In our last podcast, we got under the skin of one booming sector, cycling, and we are joined by a leader in another booming sector, pet foods. Pets, pet care and pet foods had been a booming category anyway, but this growth reached another level as a result of the pandemic. Working from home, and probably wanting a new home and walking buddy after yet another lockdown. James has been at the sharp end of anticipating and responding to the opportunities created by these behaviour changes at Nature's Menu, particularly focused on cat and dog food. As well as the opportunities, we will also talk about the flip side of the last couple of years, dealing with the equally big challenges created by the pandemic and Brexit. And I'm sure these are likely to include recruitment, logistics and rising costs which is definitely in the news at the minute. So we've got plenty of fascinating topics to talk to James about particularly with that focus on behaviour change. So welcome James. Thank you Neil. Why don't we start off by just talking about your role as a leader because it's obviously you know it's been a massive thing the last couple of years particularly as we come through all these crises how do you define what you do particularly the most important elements as a leader and has that changed over the last couple of years due to the pandemic
0: well my role is very much about leadership and direction for the business it is about constantly ensuring that we remain on track with our key strategies our objectives and plans, and by doing this, we make sure that we achieve the different targets that have been agreed. The pressures across the business come and go, so my focus shifts depending on the nature yeah. of the latest challenge. I think no, no day is really ever the same, and being a small business, I'm constantly moving from tactical activity to important strategic discussions internally, or with our parent company, or with our agencies, or customer base. And I think this is really what makes the role both challenging and interesting. As I say, we are a, we are a small bus- relatively small business, but we are fast growing and, and are suffering growing pains, both operationally and commercially. And ultimately, I'm there to make sure that the business delivers its targets. I think it has changed quite significantly in the last two years due to the pandemic. Um, yeah. I think, firstly, everything has accelerated in terms of pace. As, as you know, uh, the number of pets has grown rapidly, and the move yeah. to online has fast forwarded by probably anything up to five years at nature 's menu we we have managed to respond to this very well and have continued to capitalize on this opportunity over the last eighteen months you know i think uh, I think periods of crisis create change and opportunity, and we have definitely tried to uh, take advantage of this and outplay our competition finally, you know over the last two years, apart from our operations and supply chain teams, everybody else in the business has worked remotely. And this has been a major change for everyone. And I'd say that, you know, as a rule, people have coped brilliantly across the business. Mm. The ways of communication have changed. The need for more effective communication has been, uh, has been absolutely critical. Teamwork has generally been good. And people have stayed well connected with each other and are really focused on, on making things happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're uh, what you touched upon is fascinating, and also I think you've touched upon my my expression of the last couple of years, which is in danger of becoming a David Brentism because I say it so often to everyone, which is never waste a crisis. But um, I'm sure we'll come back to that. So you touched on a, on a lot there, James, and I think one of the things that is bubbling under all of that is understanding, you know, the people, the consumers. Uh, I thought I do not particularly like that, town, but the people you need to connect with. And we always talk about being people first at Hey Human, yeah. as you know. Yes. Um, what, what are the big things, you know, what are the big meaningful changes that we can get under beyond the headlines about lots more pets that you've seen in the people you need to connect with in the last couple of years?
0: Well, I think for us, the biggest change in people buying pet food has been the move to online. Mm-hmm. In the first day of the lockdown back in March twenty saw a massive spike in sales and activity on our website and and basically we haven't looked back from that point you know in the first part of the pandemic you know our offline business did suffer but once stores started to reopen in july 20 and people started being out and about again our offline business did recover or has recovered and has subsequently seen some some decent levels of growth you know we operate in some of the most premium parts of the pet food market yeah and we have certainly seen that people are prepared to pay a premium price for their pet's food and i think increasingly you know over over the last few years and not just as a result of the pandemic you know people do treat their pets as a member of the family and therefore do absolutely want the best for them
1: I mean, you've touched on something that I wanted to ask you about as well, James, which is, you know, what we kind of call the great acceleration, how things that might have you know, been bubbling under have kind of absolutely gone through the roof. I mean, with that in mind, what sort of changes were you anticipating and which ones were a surprise? Well, I think we, we were already
0: focusing on our online business. Mm. However, the scale and immediacy of growth did take us by surprise. And as has the ongoing growth and the further step changes we have seen during the last eighteen months, as a result, we have made you know significant investments in people, in processes, technology, to enable us to capitalize on the trend, and that has been absolutely crucial. You know, as, as you mentioned, the number of pets has been growing, but the rapid growth in pets was a, was an absolute bit of a surprise. Yeah, and this will ultimately have benefits for the market for the next 10 years or so. I also think that people's ability to adapt to changes in ways of working so quickly and actually so smoothly was unexpected. And I think now it will be impossible and really
1: unwanted to return to the old ways. I mean, you know, we. I think Scott Galloway talks about the great dispersion and it sounds, you know, in terms of the difference in the sort of chain, the old chain between brand, retail, on people. And it, it feels like you're kind of living that in, in terms of your business, and yeah, sort a sharp end. Yeah. Um, change. <laughs> uh, you know, change management. I mean, it's always been there for sort of uh, management theory, leadership, but it's something that's kind of came to the fore, particularly in the last two years. I mean, some of it's crisis management, but some of it has genuinely been change management. There's a much quoted statistic that over 80% of change management fails to achieve its original objective. Now, I mentioned this on a diff- another programme I did and somebody got very annoyed about it, but it's not my stat. With that in mind, what's your sort of take on achieving effective change and ha- has that itself changed over the last couple of years?
0: Yeah, I think um, change has, has got to be worked across the organisation and at every level to embed it in a way to make it effective. And, you know, the quality... And the consistency of the execution is is absolutely key. You know, within our organisation, it's a growing organisation that also actually changed ownership just before the start of the pandemic. Right. Yeah. So there's been a lot of there's been a you know a very high level of change within the company. A key principle that I and the lo- and the broader business have employed has been around evolution, not revolution. Mm-hmm. And I think this has generally worked. Um, We have had to make some changes overnight to cope with the business demands, as I I mentioned in um, the online area. And in those cases, we've just had to make sure that everyone is fully aware of the change, how we're going to do it, and how we're going to make sure it works. But I think what's very important is that this is all about excellent execution and continual reinforcement of the ways of doing something. Because Mm. what I have learned over the years is things don't happen consistently just by accident.
1: Yeah, no, I think, it's a, I think there's a lot, the Pete, i of learned about change in the last couple of years, particularly. But I'm just interested in what you said there, James, about evolution rather than revolution. What, what kind of drove that principle? Well,
0: I think in our relationship, particularly with, the, with our parent company, you know, they recognised that the business was, was performing strongly pre-the-pandemic. And you know, the, although it'd be, because the business had been in a joint venture scenario before, okay, they bought the whole of the business, but you know they did understand the business, and it was very much about you know business as usual, but building on the strengths and and maybe uh-huh. adapting some of the things which weren't quite as quite as strong from you know where the business had come from historically and where the, the new owners wanted to take it to for the future. So that that was about you know taking things in a in a steady manner. Making changes which were right at the time for the organization yeah. and and you know bringing everybody along with those changes and not sort of imposing things or um, or, or, or I mean especially then because the pandemic hit very shortly afterwards, yeah. doing things which were manageable given the environment
1: that we were that we were facing makes sense I mean one of the things you 've talked about and obviously relevant to this is the whole direct to consumer piece so just to go back to that a little bit because i think you know there is a kind of view that it's all been about the race to digital but i, I suspect you know for a lot of businesses it's been crucial as you mentioned but it's a bit of a simplistic view so how have you seen that balance of sort of legacy and new channels and reality for your business mm-hmm.
0: yeah so certainly in the initial phase of the pandemic you know the d2c Uh, channel accelerated away rapidly at the expense of bricks and mortars channel or the bricks and mortar channels. And for a while, it did certainly look like this could be a major problem for, for the traditional shops. However, once things started to open up, the performance did pick up in bricks and mortar stores. And this is something which is very important for us and something which we were very keen to build on because unlike many pet food manufacturers, we didn't furlough um, our sales teams, or we did furlough a few people, but not very many people. And this actually gave us a competitive advantage, as although our staff couldn't see their customers, they did make contact with them by phone, video, email, and that absolutely kept the business going. And in premium pet, the advice that a pet store staff can offer to the shopper is is absolutely key is something yeah. very difficult to replicate online, so as a result, we have seen strong growth not only in the online channels but also in offline and this is something we want to continue to maintain and build on for the future. So we have a balanced portfolio of channels, not everything going to um, everything going to online and you know we've also done a lot of work to ensure that we support our independent retailers um, in terms of activity, service. As much as you know, the activities we undertake mm-hmm. with the the online D two C channels.
1: Yeah, I think you've nailed that piece about. Yeah, it's not just all about digital for, no. for uh, lots of businesses, right? On to something less cheery, perhaps. <laughs> but let's see. Let's see. I mean, look, UK manufacturers. I mean, you just need to pick up a newspaper any given day to see that there's been a hell of a lot of belt and braces challenges with the you know double whammy. Of the pandemic and Brexit, and you talked about some of these things in terms of your role. But what specifically for you have been the challenges for Nature's Menu?
0: Well, it certainly has been a challenging time for the business. I mean, you know, firstly COVID. Um, yeah. You know, the, as I said earlier, that you know the team have responded very well to the challenges that this has presented at, at, at every level in the company. Uh, there have been some very tough times. Uh, due to some of our colleagues, you know, unfortunately contracting the illness, mm. and we did, uh, you know, unfortunately have a long-serving member of staff actually, you know, passing away from COVID. Mm. It would be early in the new year, so that was a very difficult time for the company. We've also had other people hospitalised who have uh, fortunately recovered uh, over time, but it, you know, but it's taken a long time for them to uh, to get better. So, th- so that whole. Emotional roller coaster to do with the the illness and the impact of the illness on colleagues, you know, people's friends, people's family. That's been that's been difficult. Yeah. Secondly, yeah. Brexit. Um, I mean, to be quite honest, this has been an utter disaster, and I don't really understand how anyone could dress it up in any other way. Um, yeah. As a result of Brexit, we've been prohibited from exporting our raw frozen pet food. Um, You know, crazily, the new regulations meant that we we had historically been able to export as a member of the EU, but that was no longer Mm -hmm. possible as we were classed as a third country. This has meant that we had to close down our small German subsidiary and stop working with a broad range of distributors across the EU. Um, In common with lots of other manufacturers, you know, we've also had issues exporting to Northern Ireland, which, you know, could become even more difficult again if some of those proposed regulations are imposed um in early 2022 now exports represented you know 10 of our business and as a result of brexit we've pretty much lost all of that business you know we've been in the sunday times uh, export fast track list for you know four or five years and mm. you know we've had to walk we've walked away from that and yeah so at the moment it's easier for us to export to Dubai than Dublin, which, you know, just shows how crazy it is. Wow. Because the regulations haven't changed to go to Dubai, so we were used to doing that, but obviously
1: for Dublin, it's, uh, it's all change. That, that sounds like the quote of the interview so far, James. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good. And, and then thirdly, this year, you know, as you mentioned at the start, has seen a huge spike in costs across the business. You know, a combination of COVID and Brexit has led to major spikes in the costs of most proteins. And, you know, we are a, you know, a heavy user of, uh, of different types of proteins. This has been coupled with labor shortages uh, and a significantly higher labor bill, along with massive increases in fuel, utilities and even insurance costs. And finally, you know, due to some unique circumstances with our business, we were forced to rebrand and relaunch one of our brands during lockdown, which was quite a challenge for us yeah. and our customer base. But you know, despite all these headwinds, uh, the business remains resilient, determined to succeed, and
1: actually is you know is, is still is still
0: performing well.
1: That is a lot to deal with, James. Um, <laughs> what I mean that's, that's a list in itself. I mean, what have you learned uh, over the last couple of years in terms of you know multiple crises, and you know there is a there's a massive people thing here in terms of people in the business yeah. and yourself in terms of just. Avoiding burnout, pacing the business through all of this. Yeah, I think, Neil. You know, yes, it's right. I mean, there's there certainly has been a lot to deal with,
0: and you know, it's still going on with the latest issues around yeah. the gas price and now carbon yeah. dioxide shortages, because that will affect uh, proteins if that isn't resolved, um, you know, shortly. Um, I think what I've what I've learned is is the need for, you know, focus on the key priorities and mm-hmm. to avoid letting other more peripheral areas taking taking prominence. I mean, these, these crises have, have stressed the need for great teamwork, communication, and support for each other within the business. Oh. I mean, at times, it has meant taking some very direct control of the projects and issues being dealt with. But I think clarity of objective and calmness in approach are key. I think, I think burnout is and remains a very real risk for lots of people. Yeah, in the factories in the warehouse, we're constantly trying to strengthen the teams to alleviate pressure on certain people. You know, we've also strengthened the management team to help us cope with the growth rate and the issues we've been facing. So, you know, I've strengthened um, the, the number of people in my team. Mm-hmm. I think simple things like making people are not working too long hours, making sure people are taking their holidays, switching off because some people I think find it more difficult to switch off than others, have all have all been key. And will remain key you know for the foreseeable for the foreseeable future
1: yes it does seem like we're on quite a long runway shall we say I think so. um i mean look as you uh eloquently put we're living through all these massive changes i mean how do you look at how do you sort of reflect on how your leadership experience prepared you for all this in terms of all these massive behavior changes
0: well i think my career experience has helped me quite a lot actually to deal with the challenges of the last couple of years. You know, I've I've consistently worked with challenger brands and in yeah. companies where there's always been a lot of change happening, and where a, you know, in reality a new crisis was never that far away. Wow. Um, I do think that uh, my breadth and depth of experience has definitely helped me to be able to steer the business through many of the current issues. I, th- I think the other key factor, which you know, is, is very important, is is having a good team around you. Um, we have built the team at Nature's Menu over the last few years, and we are a strong, passionate team that does really want to succeed in everything that we do. Yeah. So listening to the customer or the consumer and, and making sure that our offering does match what the consumer is looking for. We do have a very strong customer service ethic within the business, and you know this has been under pressure because of some of the supply issues we face because of brexit. However, I think the way in which the team work with the with people with the customer with the consumer overcomes much of the negativity that could have come around based on some of the issues that we've experienced
1: i mean yeah, I think there's a there's a lot about you know as as we've said at the start it all starts with the kind of understanding yeah people. With that in mind, particularly the people piece, I mean, I suppose for you, what sort of different skill sets, behaviours or knowledge do you think senior leaders sort of now need to deal with these sort of challenges and big changes again in the future? How has that changed for you?
0: I think um, in terms of skill set and knowledge uh, for senior leaders, I think that being an all-rounder is, is very important. Having a strong, I mean, I think it's probably more so in a a small to medium-sized business. So having a strong understanding of uh, many different functional areas and the pressures they're under and the challenges that they're facing. And this really only comes with breadth and depth of business experience. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of behavior, um, the ability to lead is key, as is the ability to set out the goals to be achieved and the strategies and plans to achieve them. You know, focus on implementation and execution is critical, as any plan is as good as its execution. Building the strongest possible team around you and letting them lead their teams and achieve their objectives, knowing that they will be supported as required by you, and you know, will be there. You're the, you'll be there to help and advise. I think is also uh, very important. Yeah, but consistency of messages. Focus, empathy, you know, consumer-centric, ability to communicate and listen are all key to ensuring that the business, you know, continues to move in the in the in the right direction, the direction that you're you're setting out to achieve.
1: Yeah, and I think those are all good points. One of the things that I uh, was reading the other day, which I think is a really good point for everyone. We're so potentially frazzled, is experience becomes really meaningful when you give your time. Yourself time to reflect on that experience and what you've learned, you know, yeah. good and bad. Yes. So I think for me, that reflection piece is a, is a massive thing as well. And uh, I think we've got plenty to reflect on. This is Hey Human. Come see us, heyhuman.com. James, I think we all deserve a little quick trip to Desert Island. Uh, And no, it's not Brexit UK. (laughs) Um, It is actually a a warm, sunny island. So let's, yeah, it would be very nice. So put your marketing hat on for a moment. Uh, Looking back, is there a best pandemic ad for you? Yeah, it was interesting to think about this. um, And
0: it did make me think. And um, yeah, for me, I think the best one was the, the Specsavers one. That tied in with the Dominic Cummings fiasco and uh, Barnard yeah. Castle. And actually, just a couple of weeks ago, we happened to be uh, up in that area, and uh, my wife and I just popped into Barnard Castle to have a look at the place. I mean, never been there before. And uh, you know, I think that you know, as as with the you know all the other Specsavers adverts, it, it was, you know they really capture the uh, capture the topical subject. They did it you know really well. And I think you know, as ever with them, their, their tone of voice and humour was was just, yeah.
1: was just spot on. Yeah, I was going to ask if there was a blue plaque for Dominic coming <laughs> in, but obviously he didn't get out. If, 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 if whichever version you believe, yeah, Specsavers are close to my heart because they sponsor the uh, referees in the Scottish Premier League, which I think is another. Oh, that's good. As another. Uh, that is another genius. It kind is, of isn't move. it? That's spot it, on. It. Absolutely yeah. spot on. Very good. Um, I think they could sponsor the players as well. But let's move <laughs> on. Let Let's move on. Worst pandemic ad for you. Oh, this was,
0: this was the easy, the easiest one, actually. It, for me, it was the British Airways, uh, Dear Britain campaign. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the, there was a total disconnect between the advert and the reality of the customer experience and journey and in, in making a, you know, making a British Airways flight. And I think it's really quite embarrassing because it was also run at the time when, you know, any form of travel was, was totally off the agenda. And, uh, I'm just really not
1: sure what they were trying to set out to achieve with that that ad. Yeah, it did seem like very not of the moment. Right, it's been a tough time, we all know that, but there has been moments of positivity for sure. For you, what's the most positive moment during the pandemic?
0: Yeah, I think for me, the development, speed, scale and success of the vaccination programme in the UK. I mean, I think the fact that we managed to develop a vaccine and implemented more than, I think it's 93 million doses now in yeah. 12 months or under 12 months is, is you know, is brilliant. And, you know, it's probably the one thing around the pandemic which we actually have done well. And, you know, and obviously hopefully that that, that what it is. It's having a, you know, really positive impact and enabling us to get to some form of normality. So I think, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that's the most uh, positive moment
1: for me. Yeah, no, it's a really really good one. Well, it's their one, really, isn't it? Final question, James. I feel like we've had a really good look at the last couple of years. So, you know, thinking about all the kind of meaty subjects we've dealt with, have you got two or three tips for, you know, business leaders going forward from your perspective?
0: Yeah, my top tips would be focus on the top priorities at the absolute exclusion of other peripheral items. Build a strong team around you because ultimately you're only as good as your team yeah and take fast tough and decisive action when you need to so don't let things fester if you think something's going wrong
1: spot on advice you made me think of Alex Ferguson there I don't know why (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like you know it sounds like it kind of pretty much captures his style whether that lands with other people or not but I think there's uh tips are spot on. And and thanks, James, for being so sort of uh, open and candid about the last couple of years.
0: No problem at all. Thanks, Neil.
1: Brilliant. So that is it for this episode. And as I said, many, many thanks to James Langen. And also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, which I'm sure you must have, please do make sure you subscribe from your preferred provider. And that means you'll get each new episode automatically and do make sure to leave a good review too and until the next episode goodbye and thanks very much the hey human podcast behavior changing ideas